If we write books with a deep sense of responsibility, believing that the book is written for our future selves to read in the next life, then perhaps there would be fewer falsehoods in the world. And if the knowledge created within human civilization was such that its creator could honestly answer why it was conceived, then the culture shaped by this knowledge would not lead humanity astray. This quote might be a bit lengthy, but it came about while I was reflecting. I was searching for the why behind my own actions, which became the starting point for writing my book. We are Buddhists, but if we don't aspire for Nirvana, how should we navigate our lives without going astray? Thanks to the 10th Galama Sutta left by the Buddha, which states, Do not believe even if I myself said it, according to the Dharma transmission of Phra Dharma Kosakarya or Buddha Dasa Bhikkhu. How do we build our knowledge if we don't aim for Nirvana? The aforementioned knowledge quote is from my own creation. This message was conceived from the decision to write a book for myself in this and future lives nearly 20 years ago. Given my current perspective that in this lifetime, I have no desire to teach anyone anymore. All I can do is write. I write books and leave them for my future self to read in the next life. But this act also serves as a form of merit for others. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this truth. Chapter 4. Our Knowledge Building Mechanism In the previous discussion I briefly taught you about our work in Roughly Normally. As part of the cognitive skills that I teach, one thing that I need to create is a mindset or belief system to serve as a framework for your thinking. One such mindset is, the knowledge of others is just our data. For example, the knowledge of Newton, once we acquire it, becomes mere data for us. When we consider today's society, there is data being transmitted back and forth, floating in the air, taken from the knowledge of individuals. And then unknowingly we accept it without realizing that, and even worse, sometimes we may accept data that is ignorant and has been passed on. Because most of the time people transmit something without knowing what they are transmitting, until it becomes the transmission of ignorance. Someone else takes that knowledge as data and develops it into their own knowledge framework. It is an unfortunate mindset. Good luck to all of us. Uncle has also experienced similar misfortunes. When considering the data transmitted back and forth, we should determine which ones should be kept and which ones should not, so that we can use them as knowledge that Uncle will explain and teach us to understand later. Today, Uncle will explain how we can transform the selected data that we have intentionally acquired into our own knowledge. Let's summarize it for now. In the future, I will write a specific story for us to read because it needs to be conveyed over a longer period of time. As humans, we have a simple mechanism for creating knowledge by ourselves. Take the example of Sir Isaac Newton in the past. The knowledge that Newton created and left behind is the field of physics. This example is often familiar to those who study science, but for those who pursue different fields, there's nothing to fear. Newton was just like us. Uncle has seen images of him before. Newton and us have the same sensory mechanism with all five senses, hearing, sight, taste, smell, and touch. However, what Uncle feels is not just limited to these five senses. The five senses include the ears, eyes, tongue, nose, and body. The sixth sense, which Uncle will explain in the future, is the heart. Uncle will explain why he feels that the sixth sense is a real sensory experience for every human being. 
If we consider it from a scientific perspective, we may accept only the five senses because the sixth sense is not yet measurable. Uncle would like to refer to all six senses as the perception system. Let's see how the process we and Newton go through is similar. When we are in the same environment, if something affects us, we will rusuk, such as we are sitting there peacefully when suddenly something solid hits our face. In that moment, if our thoughts are slow enough to be considered in time, we will feel that something is hitting us. Uncle thinks that Uncle gave this example. We should have knowledge that is detailed enough to recognize that what's affecting us. This one uses the body around the face as a receiver. After receiving it, you rusuk, will feel kid, think, and ru, know that. We realize that, hey, I got punched. After this, Uncle still didn't explain. What happened to us next? Therefore, it can be summarized easily for us to understand that when something affects us, all six senses come into play. In the initial stage, we will rusuk, feel it. In the next stage, we will kid, think about it. And finally, we will ru, know it. This applies to most people's sensory experiences. Let's consider it. By reducing our thinking speed to the slowest possible level, we can see. If we practice this diligently, Uncle uses jargon and the original Thai language in the three key words, rusuk, feel, kid, think, and ru, know. This is because of the benefits for the readers who don't primarily use Thai as their language. When a symbolic language is involved, there are differences that can slow down our thinking process. The benefits that arise from this enable us to see our thoughts more easily. However, if Uncle uses a language that we are familiar with in important processes, and it leads us to think that we already know because it's a familiar word, our thinking won't slow down and our thoughts will guide us to believe that we already know. Consequently, as our moha, delusion grows and the opportunity to reflect on what we don't know will decrease. Therefore, in the key words of the process of knowledge creation for humans, Uncle uses three fundamental words from the Thai language to help us see our thoughts more clearly and easily. If anyone has those anger to argue during this period, recite it. The language is just a symbol with the real relationship hidden behind it. Designing language so that we can discover the true relationship that lies behind it is crucial. Especially in understanding the process of knowledge creation for humans, Uncle highly values it as the most fundamental tool for us humans to see and define ourselves. Uncle has designed the language to assist us to the greatest extent as specified. That's why Uncle decided to use the fundamental language of the original Thai language as symbols to convey the important process, ensuring that we slow down enough to see our own thoughts. When we stand in the still air and close our eyes, we can rusuk the slow movement of the air passing through us, which we call the wind, without having to consciously think about it. Just sing the rusuk. We know that there is air present, that it is in motion, without having to look for swaying treetops or scattered blades of grass. Then I realized that I had just woken up that there was a storm blowing. To begin to believe that there is air, there really is a wind. Or if we stand still amidst the sunlight, if our thoughts are not quick enough that we can't catch up, we practice until we slow down, until our awareness becomes detailed enough. We will know that certain things in the sunlight affect us. We will become individuals who discover the truth of nature, just like great scientists who discovered that light is made up of particles. But after Uncle had tried to experiment and search for the truth, because Uncle's childhood dream was to be a great discoverer like Galileo, 
or perhaps an inventor, a determined and brilliant individual like Edison Uncle may seem a little outside the norm, wanting to follow the path of Thai people, but as a child like many boys, Uncle probably wanted to be a scientist or an inventor. Uncle was that child, but there were no Thai role models for Uncle to follow. As Uncle chased his dreams relentlessly day after day, Uncle stumbled upon a piece of wisdom left behind by a certain individual. Oh, how unfortunate. There are people who have simplified the process of seeking truth. Why should we strive for greatness like those illustrious figures? Uncle decided to humble himself and embrace the wisdom left by that person. Accepting to be a good disciple of that person means not believing in everything he say, everything he proclaim, everything he leave behind. Uncle won't believe everything him tell Uncle will not believe. Until I found the teachings that he said, don't believe even though he teach. He speak by himself, this teaching of him so Uncle started to consider, and so believe bow down to the first message that he left that Uncle will believe take it as knowledge Uncle is. He taught me not to believe him. Until you consider it Rusok, it's true. We can probably figure out who he is. He is Buddha. Please be patient a little more. Don't be bored. Uncle definitely didn't come to teach religion. Once it comes to the topic of the Buddha alone, we might get bored. Let's leave it aside for now as it's an ancient matter and not relevant or enjoyable for the modern generation. Not modern, not fun for children, government of online gamblers in this era. Let's explore the modern process further. In an era flooded with vast volumes of information, it's more crucial than ever to possess the ability to discern truth from fiction. As streams of data surge around us like tumultuous waves in an endless sea, a lone individual amidst a deluge of scattered information is attempting to find their way. The ability to navigate these waters becomes paramount. Without the vital skill to separate genuine information from falsehoods, our life's trajectory can be severely affected. As beautifully articulated in the truth quote from the book, read before the meaning of your life is lesser on page 204. In an era overloaded with information and a plethora of news, if we cannot revive such a skill, how are we to distinguish what is true from what is false? Reviving the human skill of creating knowledge is paramount for people to maintain the essence of life. This allows us to independently discover what is true or false. It is imperative not to be dismissive. Don't let your subconscious mind cast aside this crucial knowledge before your very essence rejects the reality of our current predicament. Don't let your subconscious mind dismiss this vital information before your mind and soul reject the existence of this situation. Let us not forsake the opportunity to seek solutions to this pressing issue. Read before the meaning of your life is lesser.